0: You know, I have a saying, you know, take a big bite and chew like hell. That's kind of, that's my kind of mentality. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. So you have to have, feel a little bit uncomfortable to, to do great things. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast.
1: I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Today's guest is someone who embodies, and in fact influenced the development of, the Seize the philosophy and who shares my great love for both motivational quotes and beautiful stationery. Joining us from her motherland in Sweden is the incredible Christina Carlson, founder of the much-loved Luck stationery brand, Kiki K. From living on soup to fund her very first store, Christina has grown Kiki K to hundreds of stores across six countries with plans for many more ahead. She has also just written her first book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, that I've poured over and will be hosting a Dreaming Masterclass series in Sydney and Melbourne that we'll share details of at the end. So welcome to the show, Christina, and thank you so much for joining us all the way from the
0: motherland in Sweden. Tell us how it is over there at the moment. Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be part of your, your podcast. And yes, it's a beautiful day in Sweden. It's um, autumn here now, and um, it's just so beautiful. And after this, I'm going to go for my morning um, forest walk, which is always where I energize and um, lots of my ideas are actually born. Um, when I'm going for a walk in nature.
1: Oh my gosh, a forest walk. That sounds so exotic. <laughs> it is uh,
0: exotic, <laughs> especially if you're in the city. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, I believe Kiki K is in fact your childhood nickname. So were there ever any other contenders for the name of the business or how did you brainstorm that?
0: Uh, there were. Um, I actually cannot rec- recall what they all were, but it was a bit of a process actually because. Um, the reason why I want to do um, Kiki K was because I loved the graphics of all the Ks and it felt really me. But I never forget when I decided it and I, I ran it by um, with my Swedish girlfriends and they said, nah, that's not a good name. (laughs) and uh, and I was like really uh, you know really conscious as I was registering when I had registered the name and then started to call people and say well it's Christina from Kiki K I felt so silly and I I no one could ever you know they were like K-, K, 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 they had no idea. They couldn't <laughs> say it and, um, and they couldn't spell it. And, um, and it took me a long time to be comfortable with it. So, um, for anyone out there listening and thinking about their business name, uh, it does, regardless how good the name is, it does take time to, to, um, to get used to a name and, and really know if it's right or, or wrong. But I'm very happy this got, now I feel like um, a lot of people know um, Kiki K, which is, which is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a globally recognised brand. It's absolutely incredible what you've achieved. Um, but before we get into that, one of the things that I like to start with, just as a little icebreaker, is to ask everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them. Because I feel like with people like you who are just so incredibly successful, it's so important to remember that you're just a human after all and um, to be relatable and is there anything really down to earth and normal that you do that reminds us all that you're human?
0: <laughs> I think we all all normal but of course we all have different views what normal <laughs> is so, um, but um, in terms of something um, very human about me which but well, I'm hoping everything that I do is human <laughs> but one thing is I'm a, I'm a genuine sharer, sharer I don't know if that's the right word but I love sharing so that could be anything in terms of Things that I see that I buy for people, it could be books. Like every time I read, I always think about people who, who would benefit from this book, and and uh, and then I often buy them and give them as gifts and send them. You know, t- when I was traveling before I had Kiki Kaya, you know, if I was in the US and I saw a great pair of sneakers for my little nieces, I I, I bought them, and I always wanted to share um, uh, knowledge, but also things, and obviously now. Um, Uh, Creating beautiful products, I always love sharing them. So I think that's one thing that I'm, you know, and that's what our purpose at Kiki came, really came from. So our purpose at Kiki is to empower and inspire people to live their best life, and we do that under four words, which is dreaming, doing, enjoying, and the last one is sharing. Because I, I really believe that if we all shared. Regardless where we are, because even people starting out in life always have someone behind them in terms of someone who has who is about to learn something or someone who's just finishing school or just about to start school or whatever it is. Um, I always feel like sharing is is a beautiful thing to do. So I think that's one thing that I do um, a lot of, and that is such a lovely thing about you and the brand is that you're
1: always sharing your knowledge and the book is just full of pearls of wisdom and you very openly share um, things from along the way. So talking about, you just mentioned life before Kiki K and I can imagine that's probably hard for you now to imagine a time before that. But take us back to the very beginning. So I call this segment uh, your way to yay. So how did you get to a life now where you yay all day? Like how did you get there? Were you a curious child? Did you have an awkward tea? age phase? Did you always know that you were going to do something like this or what was childhood Christina like?
0: Well first I, um, I grew up on a farm and I had a really privileged childhood in terms of a very normal lovely family and uh, you know grew up in nature and had lovely friends and family around me we never travelled um, as a family because my parents were farmers, and you know farming is is twenty four seven as as we know. Uh, so it was really hard for for us to get away from the farm. So my dreams was uh, as a child was always to, to travel the world and actually see what's out there. So that was that was um, one dream. But but I was also super curious about. Um, what the potential was in terms of of what I could do with my life. So, you know, I started really early to work in a really small supermarket. I think I was just only you know nine years old or something like that, where I was just helping out the local supermarket, and um, and just absolutely love learning. And that's one thing that you know I still love love doing. And then uh, when I was thirteen, I started to work um, in a in a a local pizza place which was a really popular this is when pizza was becoming popular in Sweden and it was a really lovely place to work in terms of of uh, you know new trend and you know met a lot of amazing people and I worked for a guy that was really inspiring and then I I just you know I just loved working and I, I I loved making money as well because I I didn't grow up with a lot of money and I realized that that money would give you opportunities um in terms of traveling and you know you know interested in design already back then so being able to buy beautiful clothes and also things for home um you know that started really early in terms of really interested in in design objects etc so that's kind of how my childhood was but then when I um, moved to Australia I um, I was trying lots of different things and um, and but I just wasn't happy what I was doing and one night uh, at 3am in the morning uh, I uh, woke up my partner Paul I think for the fifth time saying what am I gonna do with my life and um, and uh, he was a little bit over over me asking that a million times a day so he was <laughs> he was turning turning the the um the the um, light on and he said to me, why don't we write down um, what is important to you? So at 3 a.m. I wrote, which is my really my first dream list on paper, and um, I uh, I have on my 3 M list that I wanted to drive to work every day and absolutely love what I was doing. That was super important to me. I wanted to have a business on my own, but I had no idea what that meant. Like I had, didn't have a business idea in mind. I wanted to have a connection with Sweden. My little brother was sick at the time, so I had to go home a couple of times, um, you know, quite um, urgently, and uh, I thought if I'm going to live um, at, that part of the world, I, I wanted to have a connection with Sweden and work with something that made me uh, able to go home uh, in short notice. And then I want to work with Swedish designers. I said I really love Swedish design and I love anything to 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 do with that. And I want to work with that. And then I wanted to make five hundred dollars a week, and this <laughs> is um, the last bit. And that was the hardest to achieve uh, because, <laughs> uh, and also the the five hundred dollars was based on on you know paying rent, food travel home you know once once a year and um, and a few other things but it was kind of that's what I felt like I needed at the time and because of that um, I woke up in the morning th- looking at my list thinking what is my what 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 do I do with this list and uh, because there was a lot of things that you you know was really felt like out of reach um, and um, so I thought I'm just going to start with one thing and then then I looked at my list and I thought if I'm going to have a have a business, I have to have a beautiful home office and because I wanted to work, <laughs> <laughs> inspiring environment, you know, and I love being organized and I love, you know, inspiring places uh, gets me inspired. So I thought I'm going to do that and then I went out to buy some products and, you know, there's so much around, of course, um, today. But back then, um Everything in my view was badly designed and it was price driven and, um, it was boring in my view. Uh, of course, debatable in whoever, whoever was looking at that. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt, um, I, that this is, um, you know, not depressing it's not the right word, but it was just really boring and I got uninspired and then I got super excited and then I just rushed home to Paul and I told him, I know exactly what I'm going to do in my life. I'm going to open beautiful Swedish design stores, specializing in stationery around the world in my favorite cities, you know, being Stockholm, London, Copenhagen, Paris, New York, you know, Melbourne, Sydney. Singapore, Hong Kong, whatever, <laughs> and, and uh, he just he just looked at me and thinking you are crazy. Paul was working for a big business at the time, he was you know which was doing all these things. He was you know, retailing, wholesaling, global business, and he just said, hey, look around, you know, my office here, you know what, this is where you're going to have to employ people, you're going to have to sign leases, you're going to have to come up with products, hire people, whatever. And, um, and um, I just got so excited thinking about, you know, what I could do I had a very big vision from the day one. And, and that's how I kind of, how it started and to really for your listeners in terms of how do you get started I actually just started with Yellow Pages and just looked at S for stationery and I looked I went to see every single person who was manufacturing and just um, printing etc to 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 get going and that's how I kind of started.
1: Uh, Yeah that's amazing I think one of the things that when you hear founders speak about their businesses sort of years down the track they sometimes forget to tell you about the bit where they go from an idea to an actual business and forget to tell you that it was the yellow pages or it was googling like for us we just googled how to start a tea business there was there's no special way to go from nothing to something you just you just have to start and one of the things you say in the book is big dream little steps and i love that that just breaks it all down because it's too overwhelming if you tr- if you conceived of kiki k how it is now and tried to start it it's so scary whereas if you break it down into one thing per day. It's a lot easier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I really do think that Just Start is, um, you know, it's a it's a whole chapter about that in my book. And I, I really do believe that Just Start is the most important because um, you can plan for it and you can think about it and, I just feel like if you just start with one thing, then the momentum will start and um, it makes 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 it so much easier. So,
1: And you also share some really cool statistics about just writing something down. Like I think you're 42% more likely to achieve written goals over goals that you just have in your brain. So that 3 a.m. list idea <laughs> obviously worked well for you. How long was it between that night and then the first store actually opening? Like what was the the building period? Oh,
0: do you know what? I think it almost took between two and three years, um, which is a long time considering that retail was my focus, but I didn't have any money. So um, that was a big, t- I mean, I couldn't even get it. A- credit card in australia because i was not a citizen so it was uh, it was a long process to work out you know i i went to see the banks and of course they didn't want to know about me uh, <laughs> you know i'm starting a new brand you know most small businesses fail within the first 12 months it was like i was like against <laughs> against all odds to to get a loan <laughs> um, so it took me a long time and um and uh, but i kept i kept just thinking you know, that it will happen. I just have to work out how. And it took me a long time to work it out. But uh, having that vision was really important to start with. And also, I think, you know, me con- talking about, it, you felt, you feel quite silly talking about the to open retail store, but you actually don't know how to do it. Uh, first, I didn't know how to do any of uh, any retail whatsoever. And secondly, I had didn't know how to, to, how to fund it um, but <laughs> just keep in talking about it and that's one thing that I'm sharing in the book as well to actually share your dreams with others because there are people along the way that have done things that you are about to to do and um and constantly learning from other people and sharing your dreams is so so powerful and and, and you know it's actually also funny because some people say to me about when I share my dreams people laugh at me and people think that I'm silly and um and that exactly happened to me because one of my friends, actually, she said, you you just, you know, after two years, she said, are you just going to talk about it or are you actually going to do it? And I felt, you know, I felt like, oh, that's kind of, that felt really bad, <laughs> but it really triggered me to k- keep even harder and actually thinking I'm actually going to show that I'm actually going to do what I'm talking about. But um, it took me a long time, but I think... Um, you can do things much much faster these days. Considering you can uh, go from start to to implementing things because you can do things online. This didn't actually even exist. It's it's sad to say that I'm that old now. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but it did not exist well, uh, online. <laughs> but it just start. You know, it was just starting. So so things are, things are a bit different. But even though um, it's hard, it's hard to start a business and um, and and um, and. To, and to get to where you want to be, it takes time, but it, it's, it's just really to to not be having that big vision and do something you love and you, you will definitely get there.
1: And I think one of the coolest things about you is that you started when social media wasn't around and not that it's easy these days, but there's a lot more platforms, there's a lot more awareness of entrepreneurship and you did it the old school, legit way. How did you find that the dream sort of had to shift going from one climate to another?
0: Yeah, but you know, in the beginning, it's it was even though it's it would have been easier in some ways to have social media and the online and stuff. But on the other hand, I didn't have a lot of people that was competing with me in terms of doing exactly the same thing, so so there was an advantage. And I really believe there's a positive and negative in everything that you do. So you know, if if you start a business today, the 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 positives is that you can do it straight away and it's really much easier. But on the other hand, you will have a lot of people doing the same thing. So 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 that was a, an advantage in some way. Um, and, you know, because I was, you know, I was starting really young, you know, I was, I think I was around 25 when I started my first store and there was a lot of interest in, in female, um, young businesswomen at the time. So that was an advantage. And of course, um, um, May to to, you know I was first in in, in this category um, in Australia there was just no there was really only you know the big department stores and the big box retailers there wasn't any any um, you know people doing uh, what I was doing so it was new and exciting you know I won I won the Lord Mayor's most innovative store so that was a lot of positive positive things uh, but of course um, now it's a very different different way and I love I love that. Um, you can reach so many people so so my big dream now is to inspire and empower people to uh, live their best life and I have a crazy dream which is really hard to even say because it's so big but I want to I want to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams and then go and chase them so that would be hard if social media wasn't available because we now sell to 143 <laughs> countries online and um and we are reaching people um uh, around the globe that you know I I don't know how they how how would I would be able to communicate them without that. So so the shift has been an amazing shift that I'm really I'm very grateful um that I have been part of both because I really know that that I know the difference and also I know how amazing it is now. Um, and I'm incredibly grateful for all our followers around the world that um, are supporting us and also are are um, joining our um, dream movement.
1: Yeah, I think you've, I mean, you'd be close to inspiring that many people already. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and one of the other really cool things about you is that you started all of this without a university degree. So there are so many of us who start a business in an industry that we're not qualified in and that we have no experience in. But you actually didn't finish uni at all. And it's funny, actually, because I survived university because of Kiki K, like all my stationery oh, and all the, my beautiful color coding. I'm totally anally retentive OCD and I love color coding. So um, I, I got through uni because of, of you guys. Um, have you found that that's been a disadvantage or it hasn't made any difference or that you've thought about studying or I mean, I believe that there are increasingly less barriers to having influence and social media has democratized influence and talent. So it's a lot easier to get to just be good at things and, and not need the old school kind of qualifications. But how has that played out for you?
0: Mm, I, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been great for me. Um, and, you know, I have a saying, it's it's great not knowing what you don't know. Um, for me, that meant that I had this massive vision and a massive dream to open stores around the world. And, but, but not knowing what that meant was a really an advantage for me because I don't know if I could do, do, if I knew it, what, what was ahead of me back then? I don't know if I could, I would have done it. So, uh, so, so for me, but I, I'm, I am so, um, not against formal education of course because i really believe that is an amazing opportunity for people to do um and uh really encourage people to study as much as, as they can um depending on what what, what they want to do but i uh, i i didn't and i've learned it um you know by doing which i think is a great way if you if you are that kind of person but yeah, there's also of course many ways of of learning in a, in a lot of things through education but there's nothing like actually doing it I, th- I really do believe because I did do a small business course to start with but I was thinking this is just not relevant to what I was sort what I was doing um and the the, the one of the mo- there's two things I wanted to cover one is um is um sometimes I find that people that I've met along the way and this is of course just you know not everyone but a couple of people that I've met along the way is that they are they are so educated in their field that they find it hard to move. You know, I met so many people. It's funny that you studied law, uh, because I meet so many people in law who do not like what they love. Because I do workshops, streaming workshops um, now, and um, and where I encourage people to really, you know, what would you do if you wouldn't, if you couldn't fail, and if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And I meet so many people in law who would really want to do something different. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Even if you have done an education, you know, have a degree, it's amazing to have that behind you, but you can, of course, still change. But I'm also a long life learner. So I read so many books. I go and see so many speakers. And that's the way I love learning now. I just, I I find it amazing that you can buy a book for, you know, $20, $30, whatever it is, and learn what a person have learned for their lifetime or it could be 20, it could be 50 years, whatever it is. I just absolutely love that. And I, I read, I don't know how many books a week and I read them at the same time. So it's not for everyone, but I just absolutely love learning and I always highlight and I always share what I, you know, a lot of the the things that I read in the books, um, I then think about, oh, that's really relevant for our, um, customers. And, um, I love to, you know, pass that on and, you know, doing it the way that I've learned it. So, so there is so many different ways of, of, of learning. And, um, and I don't see me not having a, a, um, degree as, um, as a disadvantage at all and and if if people don't have it or if they have it there is so many ways of even learning a new degree in a different way so so um that's my view on 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 study but never stop learning is is there is always something to learn
1: yeah, I can. You can tell so quickly that you just have such an active brain that's always seeking to understand new things and has such a sense of wonderment at at the world. So, uh, do you still have the three AM ideas? Are you still a night owl, or what does your
0: day look like? Do you have structure? Are you a bit kind of different every day, or <laughs> <laughs> I do have a structure, but I do travel a lot, so it doesn't always fall into place because of jet lag and planes and different schedules, etc but my ideal morning um starts at 5 a.m and um for anyone who's listening do not be scared of the 5 a.m because a lot of people just think that that's not possible it doesn't matter what day um, you start the day as long as you start your day in a beautiful way uh, whatever time that is but for me an ideal day would start at 5 a.m and because I have kids um so I like to have that space for myself so I call that my holy hour and my at my holy hour I um I do uh, three pages uh, of journaling, whatever I have in my head, and they are of things um, that I don't save. I don't save that journal. You know, I do three pages and then I throw them. And this is things to just get things out of my head. It might be a challenge that I'm facing or, a a, you know, a problem or a decision I have to make. Or sometimes it's just something that is bothering me or, uh, you know, uh something that i really am grappling with or it could be that i'm just so grateful for just being awake that morning because you know not everyone um uh are alive so i'm very always very grateful to be alive so I, sometimes i just journal about that so whatever that is so that's my first step in the morning and then i uh i also um out of that i of i have a we have a journal of kiki k called my life journal which is just really a plain um leather notebook and I, um, I keep all thoughts and ideas and goals and my life, it's called my life journal because that's really where I keep all my <laughs> things for my life in there. And um, so I, I do journaling that as well. And then I always do some kind of learning. So I read maybe a couple of chapters. I listen to a podcast or, or do an online course, whatever whatever it is. I always learn something in the morning and then I meditate for 20 minutes. So that's kind of my holy hour. And then from six to seven, I would normally do like if I'm depending on where I am, but I will do yoga class or, here in Sweden, I I mainly go for walks because I love the Swedish nature, and um, so then by the time I'm I'm home at seven, I just feel whatever that day is going to give me. I have um, I'll be. Uh, I'm able to cope first of all but also I've had that time for me so I can give to others so at seven o'clock you know I'm home the kids are up and it's all about getting you know the kids to school and then it's often meetings and uh, you know and the day is pretty full um, but that's how I kind of um, start the day and um, and it doesn't always happen so I always stress that because I am so not perfect and there are days where I don't sleep at all because I'm a very active person in my mind. So I sometimes have nights where I just find it difficult to sleep. And if that's the case, I do not get up at five. So it's really, I'm very flexible with that and, and um, not perfect in any way. <laughs> it's always
1: so nice to know that um, that we're all human and that, that perfect balance. It's, it's a journey. I don't Absolutely. think anyone really ever gets there because then what would be left? <laughs> and I'm very similar to you. My brain is very overactive and I sometimes find it really difficult to sleep. But I also find that because I do use my brain um, quite intensely during the day that I need a little bit more sleep than than the average person, unlike when I was a teenager when I didn't need any sleep. Um, how many hours of sleep do you get? Like, what's your optimum sleep level?
0: Oh, as much as I possibly can. But, you know, I can survive on six hours, um, but it's not ideal. But um, but there are days where I do only, um, you know, I could go to bed at 11 and still be up at five. But most nights, I'm not a night person. I mean, there are things that I have to go to, events, and there are, you know, of course, family dinners and things that go late, especially on weekends. But I really am a early early person to bed so i i often you know i read for the kids at night and then i often just then uh read after that so i go to bed really early so so you know for me if i can get eight hours fantastic but it doesn't always happen so so i I do love a good night's sleep. Like if I have a good night's sleep, I feel I can, can do anything. But if I have a really bad night, it really is challenging for me to, to think and um, and operate the way that I want to operate.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, you can definitely tell when I haven't had a good night's sleep. <laughs> so being a mother and speaking and traveling and running the brand um, and having your own personal brand as well, you always have so much on the go. And in terms of fitting that all in, when did you get a PA? Like when did you bring in these time management strategies? And when when did you start to build your team out so who was your first hire for example was it your PA or was it other people in the team and how did you go about doing that
0: well um first I, I want to start with saying I really believe that us as humans uh, can do anything but not everything at the same time so I always want to stress that because a lot of people look at me uh saying oh you can fit so much in but you know when the kids were small I took a lot of things away like into you know my kids are 7 and 10 now, uh, so it's much easier. But when they were babies, I didn't say yes to any speaking engagements. I mean, very, very few. And um, I, I took a lot of the trouble away. And so, so I think everything has its time. So it's important to, when you look at people, you know, through media or through, through um, you know, a lens that you don't really know it's there are you know we we all have 24 hours and we have to make sure we do the best of those and it's different for everyone's but it's easy to see that um that you know You put people on that they can do anything, you know, everything at the same time. And I don't really believe that's, that's the case. And it definitely wasn't the case for me. But my first high up was actually one of my, one of the things that I was really not interested in and not very good at was, um, bookkeeping and the financial side of the business. I'm not, I'm not driven by financial measurements. I love the products. I love the creative. I love what we do create for people that makes a difference. But I, I didn't like, you know, doing the bookkeeping and stuff. And now, you know, it's funny, I spent, I don't know, it was probably 200 or $300 on a, um, a course uh, to do bookkeeping. And when that lady walked out, she came to our um, little home office and when she walked out, I was like $300 I felt was completely wasted, if it was 200 or 300 because I had no idea what she just taught me because I was so not interested in it. I wish I was buying that dress that I was eyeing on instead of spending it on that <laughs> on on trying to learn how to do bookkeeping (laughs) but um my first hire was a bookkeeper um in your back in the early days because I I just it was just not my strength but in terms of PA that took me a long time because I actually love all the duties that a PA do because I I love you know I love time management I love productivity I love I love doing things and because my um my business life is very, you know, my, my dreams are big and it, it takes a long time to, to do them. But so, so all the stuff that a PA does is often, you know, a, a, me, a, a immediate um, uh, satisfaction of ticking things off, etc. So I, it took me a long time to give it away. And it was actually really funny because I am friends with Joe Hogan who owns Mecca and, um, I was out for dinner with her and I was showing her something. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was a long time ago. And, um, she said, what is that? And I said, oh, it's the, my to-do list. And she looked at me and she said, are you really doing all that stuff? And I said, yeah, I am. Why? And she said, no, no, you need to, you need to hire someone to do those things so you can really focus on your strength. Um, so that's when I, I, um, uh, hired uh, PA, and um, I, and I have had a couple of different PAs, but my dream PA, uh, which I have now, uh, Melissa, um the, the way I came up with her, and this is uh, this could be something interesting for our listeners, is that I um, I did a because I love dreaming. Um, obviously, part of my book, uh, I did a dream PA document, and I sat, I took some time, and I sat down and I I wrote if I could have my dream PA, who would that person be? What would that person do? What would the attitude be? What would the skills be? All the things that was important, what would they do? Everything in detail. And um, and I call that my dream PA document. And when I was interviewing... Um, my current PA, I, you know, obviously interviewed her as, as as I normally would. But then, when I was thinking this is this person is really right, um, well, I think she's right. I gave her that, and I say this is what I'm aiming for, and um, and I know that. And she, Mel, has never been a PA, so I said, hey, I know that this will probably sound um, crazy uh, to start with, but if this is something you think you can get to um then i think we could work really well together and she she said yeah i can do that and um and uh, that was just a process and uh, i have to say that um that yeah and it worked really well and i really believe um and i've shared that with quite a few people um over my journey because uh, i don't think it's a, it's it's difficult to be a pa if you are really in tune, what that person wants and needs. And by doing this, I really felt like this is, you know, I'm putting all out there. It doesn't mean that everything has to be achieved straight away because obviously it takes time to kind of get to learn each other, to, to know each other and, and, um, and uh, work together. But if you know what everyone wants, um, then it's so much easier. And it's worked really, really well for that.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny that sometimes not having experience can make you. A lot more in tune like you're not colored by past experience or by how things should be done or what the traditional way is of doing things I think it's actually a great way to get fresh eyes to really tailor it to what you're after So I want to move to, you know, your biggest obstacles. There's obviously been so much success and so much growth. It can look so glamorous from the outside. But I think what really interests people and what I I know I love seeing is when people show a bit of vulnerability and a bit of the the behind the scenes kind of nitty gritty of of running a business and, and just putting yourself out there. So I call this the things that say nay to So we've gone from way to yay to nay to <laughs> And you, you're really, you're the epitome of finding your yay and seizing every opportunity to get there. But have you ever just had days where you just want to pack it all up and get a job and pass the responsibility on to someone else? Or where you just, you're so tired that you can't find any yay in your day? Do you, Do you have those days?
0: absolutely (laughs) I think we all do (laughs) I think you all do and you know being a being a a bit of an eight type personality in terms of you know working lots and loving it and I you know I have a saying you know take a big bite and chew like hell that's kind of that's my kind of mentality so of course that is um also linked to people burning out and uh and being close to that i absolutely have days like that i still have those days um where i just think i don't know if i can do this anymore because sometimes the smallest little challenge um because it's all built up it's never really just the event that's happening now (laughs) that makes makes every you know um, make, make people burn out or just have enough, uh, it's often all built up and then it just gets too much and it could be the smallest little things that triggers it. And I often get the uh, the question, I never had a burnout and, and I o- always um, get asked how I could cope with everything that I did uh, or I do. Um, and I don't know if this is what it is, but I really believe that the journaling that I do in the morning really, really helps me to not burn out because I never really sit with things in my body in terms of I never really, I mean, of course there are days where I, I think about it over and over and and talk about it and complain about it and, you know, especially, you know, I, li- I live with my business partner. He's also my life partner, which makes it even sometimes sometimes better of course because you have that amazing support but also also you live with your work 24/7 <laughs> so that's you know I know all about a, that there's a positive and negative <laughs> in every, yes and there is a really a positive and negative in everything you do i really believe it's a 50/50 in whatever you do and that's a whole another conversation but i do have those days and in the in the early days i remember thinking i just am so tired and i'm so I just can't go on. I used to take a day off. Sometimes, you know, there had to be planning. a couple of days, couldn't just do it when I just felt like it. But um, often I just said, hey, I'm just going to take a day off where I just did absolutely what I felt like. And this is before kids, so it was easier. <laughs> um, and But I just used to have a day where I just woke up and I could do whatever I wanted. And there was no planning. And I often spend, you know, you know, a lot of writing, journaling, thinking, spending time in nature for me is is absolutely key wherever I am. You know, even if I'm in the city, I would go to a park or a beach or wherever it is um, and writing and thinking and doing things that I love. So sometimes it's just really to just be inspired by, you know, design or, you know, go to a bookshop for for hours or just read a book, you know, cover to cover in one day, whatever that is, um, you know, for everyone, um, it's helped me so much. But the journaling on a daily basis I think really made all the difference because I do really – um, deal with things on a daily basis in terms of whatever comes to mind I write about it and um, I feel so good And you know because I never really I never censor anything that I write because I know that um, no one's ever going to read it because if I'm in Sweden I'm sitting in front of my fireplace I burn it and or if I'm <laughs> somewhere else I shred it or so it's never a th- I never sense what I well, and I could, sometimes it could be about the most simple things so if someone read that they would think that I'm absolutely mad but because I know that no one's ever going to read it because I never save it. Um, I can read, I can write whatever comes to mind, and that has been really, really helpful for me.
1: It sounds like such a liberating um, and almost like a cathartic process. It's like writing a text to someone when you're really angry and they're never sending it, but you've just gotten it out of your system and it can't fester and get worse and filled up. It sounds like a great strategy. Yeah. And also with so many beautiful Kiki K books to write in, <laughs> I mean, like, how could you not be journaling yeah. all the time?
0: Yeah, that is, that is never my problem. <laughs> I always have too many notebooks and, you know, it's funny when I'm traveling and I think the, the flight, flight attendants often laugh at me because I've set up, you know, my, my everything around me to kind of just really write and think and they think I'm a little bit mad sometimes, but um, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I think
1: we all are a little bit mad and that's yeah. that's what makes us great. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think you need to be mad to do what we do. Otherwise, um, Otherwise, you just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So back to you and Paul, you mentioned in the book that you lived on soup at the beginning and worked day and night shifts um, and then Paul sold his house to fund the launch of the first door. So in that kind of climate, did you ever go through periods of self-doubt? And I think one of my favorite quotes is doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. And I, I really believe that it's more the negative self-talk in our minds than it is whether or not we could actually do it because I think everyone's capable of more than they know until they try. So I know you talk about dreaming without limitation, but do you ever feel a bit limited sometimes by doubt or fear or do you not, not really get that anymore?
0: Yes, of course. I think we all have self-doubt and it's really just how we look at that. Um, and the, the reason why I wrote a book about dreaming is because dreaming is different from goals, for example. So, for example, if I was going to set goals for the next, say, 12 months or you know, three years or whatever it is, I often look at, you know, what am I capable of? What, what do I have on? You know, what's my reality? And then the goals are often smaller because you, you know, that you can't in your current situation, you can't do too many things. You can only do so much. So although I love goals, but I love starting with dreaming. And, um, I always ask, uh, myself and I, that's, that's why I wrote the book. Cause I want to encourage 101 million people to do the same, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, ask themselves some questions. What would you do if you could not fail? And when I ask that, sometimes people say, well, it's good to fail. And I said, of course it is. That's, I'm not talking about not failing because I think if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. But what I'm talking about here is like, if you could do anything without thinking about, well, your partner things, what your, you know, parents things, what your friend thinks, kids, whatever it is, what would you do? And often that gets you into another headspace in terms of, well, if I could do anything, you know, what would I actually do? Like if you had the money that you needed, if you had the knowledge, the time and the resources, you know, nothing really limiting you, what would you actually do? And it's such a powerful few questions to ponder on and I really encourage people to do that and and do it often because the more you dream, the more you think about, oh, if I could do anything, what what would I do? You know, where would I live and where would I, you know, would I start my own business or would I change my career or would I actually just go a little bit deeper in the current role that I have or, you know, would I delegate more? Whatever it is, it's just, it's really, really powerful. I think that takes your self-doubt away because at that stage you don't have any self-doubt because if you could do anything, and it's all possible, what would you actually do? And then, of course, um, you would then break that down and decide what you want to do with that. But that is such a good start and really takes the self-doubt away. But I also do believe um, that with self-doubt, it's a really, really good thing because without that, you're actually not going to grow. So you have to have feel a little bit uncomfortable to to do great things. So, And I do believe regardless of what you're doing in terms of if you're dreaming big or um, – uh, doing something that you really love, that's going to be uncomfortable because you're going to do things that you might not have done before or really challenge yourself. But staying in your current situation is also very uncomfortable because if you know that there are things that you potentially could do or want to do, then it's also uncomfortable to be in that situation knowing that actually... Um, life is short and I've got this life now I could do so much and I or but when I say dream it doesn't mean that you have to do big things but just do what you love doing what your dreams are then staying in that situation and actually not doing th- things are uncomfortable as well so then the way that I look at that is like I can either be uncomfortable and do whatever I'm doing today and just be happy with that. But then that's, I'm going to have that discomfort knowing that potentially I could do more. Or for me, that discomfort, I'd rather have that by trying hard. And if that means that i make some silly mistakes, and if I do some stupid things, then i get criticized for it, whatever that is, I'd rather live with that discomfort than the discomfort thinking that my life is limited, and I could do more. So I think we just have to take those decisions. And I, I do believe when you start dreaming and you realize that there are things that you want to do, you could, you could um, live with a little bit of self doubt and really uh, embrace that uncomfortable. You know, I, I was talking to you before we started this podcast that me starting in my our own dream life podcast has been really challenging for me because it's you know English is my second language and I'm out of my comfort zone and I'm talking about talking to people who are living extraordinary lives. And I feel, think, oh, this is really, it's really challenging. But I love, even though it's been uncomfortable, I know that it's been a a part of my growth if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so to flip that, that favorite question of yours, um, if you had all the time and money you needed, and you weren't doing what you were doing, what would you be doing? Would you be living the exact
0: life that you are now? Well, I've been dreaming for a long time, <laughs> because I'm older. Um, uh, you know, I am 45 now. So I um, have been dreaming for the last 20 years. So I am Constantly challenge myself and I'm constantly dreaming. I, I, I write down dreams. I reckon almost on a daily basis. I always have ideas and I always ask people what their dreams are uh, and I get inspired by that. So I have, you know, a few hundred dreams that are still dreams that I haven't done anything about, but I love dreaming because I know that. That, you know, a dream is a dream. I don't have to do anything about it. But if I put it on paper, then I can choose which ones I decide. And, And one of my dreams that I live every year is that I always, because I do really think that life is short even if we do get to live a long life life is short and my I'm aiming to live a healthy lovely life to 120 so that's (laughs) that's a big that's a big dream on its own own. Um, especially my age I think the people who are born now it potentially could be much easier but anyway um, my one of my dreams is to every year live a different year so it doesn't mean that I'm selling the business or or starting a new business. Everything that I do, I do through my business. I I find my life is very, uh, very much in line. My purpose and my values and and my passions is very much in line with what I do every day through Kiki K. So that is not going to change in terms of of uh, you know starting something new. But I love to do something. Every year that is a bit different. So, so um, last year, for example, the last twelve months, I did a year with no alcohol, and um, I love wine. And um, I just thought, I'm going to do something different this year. I'm not going to drink. And uh, people just like, that's crazy. You don't drink much anyway. And why would you do that? And you know, it's very interesting. Uh, it's been a very interesting year because I just finished that year, um, that twelve months. Um, but it's been. Uh, I always love to challenge myself, thinking, you know, what could I do differently? And the year before that, I did a year coaching with Robin Sharma who's one of my um uh, I love Robin and I love his books and I love everything that he does so he takes on a small group of people every year to to coach so I was part of that group and so I try to do something every year that is it's different and it's really challenging in terms of um, not just challenging but also something that is will get me growing um, in the direction that I want to do.
1: You are just so inspiring to get out and experience different things. I love that thirst for experience and needing to to understand changing circumstances and what, what everything feels like. I think it's really important for people to explore different things because we do get really stuck in the comfort zone and in routine and we miss out on so much of life when you're not Constantly exploring,
0: yeah, and I do think that you know, you, 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 it's. I'm not saying like you know, go traveling and leave your family behind. I'm not talking about those kind of things. I'm talking about things that you could just stretch yourself or challenge yourself or do something you love. It could be like a year with just you draw every day. You know, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but just whatever appeals to you. And I often get inspired by reading different books. You know, one year I, I decided to change habits, and uh, and then, so I that year was just full of looking at different habits. You know, what what can I add and what can I take. Away, I just love exploring, and that's dreaming is so much part of that. And um, that's a really good way of starting to look at, you know, what are your dreams? And um, that's obviously why I wrote the book. And um, and now my dream <laughs> is to inspire one hundred one million people. And um, you know, another dream for this year is, um, but it's not a time limit for just a year, but it's to sell a million copies of my book, uh, which is a crazy dream that I actually couldn't say out loud for a long time, uh, but I put it as my dreams. And uh, and uh, and the reason why I want to sell a million copies is because I came across this inc- this incredible woman called Dr. Tara Trent, and she was she's actually Oprah Winfrey's all time. I was going to say, is that test? is that Oprah's favorite? Yes, yes, <laughs> it is. and um, and I'm not surprised why she is, because her story is extraordinary. But um, to make it very very short, obviously in my book I'm sharing her story. But she grew up in Zimbabwe and in a in a very challenging. Um, environment where you know she was married away as 11 and you know her dreams was you you would think it was not possible because what she was in a very poor environment and no education etc but um she came um, across this woman who asked what her dreams were and that's why I connected so well because of course I'm all about dreaming and she it's a long story and you can read it in the book, but um, eventually she got a PhD and eventually she started schools in back in her hometown um, or her home village in Zimbabwe. And, um, and Oprah gave her $1.5 million to start school. So she now has five schools in Zimbabwe and I want to sell a million copies because I am giving her a US dollar per copy sold. Um, uh, uh To support the schools because it all started with dreaming, so it really connects with the book, and of course, um, uh, Kiki K is all about dreaming, and also we, you know, we do stationeries, suits so the schools, etc. And I want to give her a. I want to give her a check on $1 million to support oh. that. And it's so uh, amazing to have that because otherwise, you know, if I sell, you know, I want to sell books, of course, because I want to encourage people to dream, but how many I do, it's really up to whoever buys the book. But because of uh, of this dream that I have uh, by giving her a, a million um, dollars, um, it's, uh, it's really tied into selling a million copies. And by that also empowering and inspiring people to dream. So it's a really beautiful kind of dream to have because it's it's not just benefiting me in terms of, of selling lots of books, but also benefiting everyone who reads it because they will then hopefully you know write down three dreams and start chasing them and hopefully inspire other people to do the same and then of course then <laughs> until we get her. to 101 million <laughs> yes, yes. and uh, so it's a really <laughs> exciting so it's been a really beautiful thing to write the book to share and also then hopefully being able to give a million a million dollars to this incredible woman who is actually uh, will be on my po- my first episode on the podcast uh, which is called um dream life so if anyone wants to hear her speak and she's also going to be uh, part of the master classes um in uh, in melbourne and sydney in october which i encourage everyone to come to because she is an extraordinary woman and if anyone is doubting their dreams if you hear her story your dreams i'm sure are going to feel a little bit easier to achieve yeah
1: <laughs> i mean i yeah i read her story in your book and i just I, you almost feel like self-doubt isn't a thing anymore because you're just so convinced that anyone can do anything. She is truly incredible. And one of the best things about the book as well is that um, your book also comes with a a handbook so that you can be writing along the way and making notes as you're reading. There's um, a whole separate book for for scribbling away and and writing things down, which is, it's so tactile. It's really lovely to be able to sort of live your experience.
0: Thank you so much for mentioning that. And it's, and you know, it's because I read so much and um, I underline the books and I write in the books Books and, and then I thought when I write a book, I want to make sure we have a journal to go with it so you actually then can write everything down and you can have one place for everything. That's why we did the journal uh, to go with it and um, my dream life journal uh, and everything um that all the exercises and all the inspiration you get from the book that has a room in the journal. So super. So thanks for mentioning that because it's a really much, very much part of of, um, of the book.
1: And I will absolutely put in the show notes where you can buy both of those Thank to you. help <laughs>
0: get towards the million. <laughs> yes, um,
1: but one yes, of the yes. things, <laughs> one of the things I noticed, which is actually a big part of this podcast and the CZA idea is that our identities these days are so wound up in our work and our dreams are often so built into what our professional goals are. And I find, you know, you introduce yourself to someone and the first question you ask is, what do you do? It's not, who are you or what do you enjoy or what makes you happy? And so Mm. I've, I've sort of got after the way TA and, you know, often the way that people find their happiness is in their work. But then there's also this idea that, we work and we rest. And that's a very linear on and off kind of transaction. But I think we forget to play and to do things that aren't tied up in our professional goals that are just for the sake of enjoyment. And you are such a well-rounded human that you've already mentioned several times things that you do that are just for no reason. Like in amongst all the dreaming, you dream of nature and you dream of other things that aren't for a reason. It's funny, we had, uh, when I First, met you, I think, was over Fika, which is a Swedish tea and cake <laughs> occasion. And even then, you'd already talked about, you know, your book group and all the things that you do in your life that aren't just for goal, you know, crushing goals and smashing life. So do you do, what else do you do that's for play? Um, I'm sure having children, it's a lot easier to make time for things that aren't work, work, work all the time. But I've started doing puzzles and board games and I do gardening. And I know your son, Axel, he's on YouTube and he's got photography as his
0: own hobby. So what what do you do to play? Mm. Really good question. And it's actually really in tie to or tied into what I what I live and breathe every day in terms of of our world which under our purpose we had the dreaming and then which is all starting that's where I think everyone should start dreaming. And then, of course, the second word we have is uh, uh, under the purpose of Kiki K is do because um, dreams are only dreams until you start doing and taking action. But then the third word is actually enjoy. So that's that's my, my word for play. And um, I really do believe that you can dream really big dreams. You can set super stretchy goals and exciting goals but every single day you need to enjoy, and um, that's the third word. And the reason for that is because if you're just focusing on, you know, you know, pushing yourself and stuff, that you will you will get burnt out and you will not find so much joy. So I do think it's really important to do to to play and enjoy things, and it's really also gener- regenerating yourself so you can do all the big things. And um, I love that. what well, you know, you're your puzzling and things, and of course that comes. Um, a bit naturally uh, with having children, but also sometimes really hard because there are um, having having children and a business and a crazy life. Um, it can be even more challenging because you, you sometimes you just have to do the the absolute necessary things and then play and, and enjoy it could come a little bit on the side So there's of course no no perfect way, but I do believe that if you live in your values and uh, you love what you do, playing and enjoying is so much easier so one of my values uh, my one of my highest values is and we I talk about how to find out your values in the book but um if you're not sure but um one of my highest values is is learning i and reading and i absolutely love that so i i do that as a for me, playtime, enjoying. So I read so many different books and it's all really just biographies or personal development books or business books, things that really, really interest me. And my book group is all about that as well. We don't read, read any fiction. The reason I mentioned that is because then it's really in line. So whatever I do in my play, I can also then really apply it to work. So if I read about something that I think you know, our customers would really love, um, then, then I can pass that on. And it's, it's what I love doing, but also it's, it's combined with work. So that's that really helps when you are uh, lining up your values and your passions uh, with your work and um, I think that's really important but in terms of, of other things that I love is uh, of course I've mentioned nature self-care to me is absolutely vital I think you can do anything if you if you really look after yourself first whatever that means to you and also um, what I love in terms of uh, enjoying is travel so I even though I had to travel a lot for work I always make sure that I do things for me so I still you know, go and check check out the new yoga class wherever I am or, or walk to city in the morning when no one else is awake. Um, you know, I bring, um, more often than not I bring a child uh, and it's often is Axel because he's a bit older and he loves he actually is my little PA when he when we travel so uh, he, he he does my social media which is not my strength and he makes sure that you know I do insta stories and I do um, videos etc and uh, he uh, <laughs> he's, he's so good at it <laughs> He is, he is, and he's such a lovely person to travel with and we we, we are so similar in so many ways because we both love photography, we love beautiful things and we love exploring and we have a thing where, where he comes with me regardless how many times he's been in that city, he always have to ask five questions from a local about the city. So finding five new facts. And we always find that fascinating. We were recently, just a few days ago, we were in Dubai and, um, you know, we found so many facts that I would never have done if, if he wasn't part uh, of that trip. So that was, um, so that's part of play as well. And, um, and, uh, just really, um, for me, food and travel and eating and exercise and self-care all kind of blends in, in, um, in each other and um, and that's how I kind of um, enjoy my spare time, which is also really much part of Kiki K. So it's kind of a really lovely combination.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it sounds like a, a beautiful package. <laughs> so just yes. to finish off. But, of course, um, not, not perfect. Always <laughs> we'll yeah. have to make sure that
0: it's not perfect.
1: So just to finish off, just a couple of quick random questions. If you had $10, what would you buy in the supermarket?
0: Oh, um... What would I buy in a supermarket? I would buy a lemon because I always um, start every single day, wherever I am, I always start with lemon water. So I would buy that. Uh, What else would I buy? I would buy an avocado because I think an avocado is something you can eat any time of the day.
1: It's my favorite food. And what is, uh, what are three things about you that don't usually come up in these kind of interviews? So that you might not have said before, like any tattoos or do you have any allergies or any phobias or anything, just like random quirky stuff about you? Mm.
0: Um, I don't have any tattoos. Um, one is I do. Some people know this but I hate reading manuals. I just can't do it. So so setting up a new or building a new I- IKEA <laughs> thing is not for me. Although I, think I'm,
1: I was going to say that's not very Swedish of you.
0: <laughs> I think I'm very hand, a handy in a practical way that nothing really faces me, but if I have to read a manual, I just can't do it. I just don't want to do it. And the other one is that I am super competitive when it comes to chess. I take my chess games super seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I do not let my kids win if I can. Of course, they beat me sometimes, uh, but I take it super seriously. And actually one, one, uh, many, many years ago, we, we were just, you know, 10 or younger. I was playing chess with my girlfriend and uh, we only had two kings left, which is practically impossible to win any of us. And uh, she uh, she said, that we have to give up now. This was really late at night, in the middle of the night. And we've been playing for a long time, both very, very headstrong in terms of winning. And she said, well, we might as well give up now because no one's going to win. I said, well, if you give up, I win. <laughs> so that was hilarious because she just was so tired. So I didn't give up. So that's one thing. Um, and the other one is that when I eat raw carrots, I get hiccups really that's a great one yeah (laughs) and it's it's really funny because um my friend amanda um she when we met uh she said that her mom has the same thing so now when i get a hiccup so if i eat it very slowly i don't get it because i eat a lot of raw carrots i don't get it all the time but if i eat it fast i get it and every time i do i always text uh my friend's mother and say I was thinking about you because I get it. I just—I well, don't know how you say it in English because it's, she's Swedish. So anyway, so I uh, yeah. That's three things people may not know about know about me. Oh, they were great. <laughs> me a little while
1: <laughs> And just one final question because I am a great lover of motivational quotes, and I know obviously you are too. Um, and I do a little quote of the day segment on my stories, which I absolutely love. So, what is your favorite motivational quote?
0: Oh, that is like. Naming your favorite child, which is almost impossible to do. <laughs> but to sum this conversation up, um, I'm going to say two. And it's actually, it's, it's probably not quotes, but it's two sentences that I really do believe would make a difference if people are taking them on board. One is, what would you do if you could not fail? Really think hard about that. I love that question. And the other one is what we started with the podcast with, which is just start. So whatever you have, whatever whoever is listening now, and there's one thing that I really want to do in their life, and it's a massive dream or a massive goal, just start with one thing. It could be about just writing that down, or it could be about, you know, buy a book in that subject or, or um, you know, start a new journal about just that dream. So um, just start, I think, is a really powerful one. Okay, amazing. But I could go on and on, <laughs> and you know, my book is full of them. And um, and uh, you know, as as we are, uh, we sometimes laugh at Kiki K because we are filling our whole office full of quotes because we just love it and we get so inspired by it. And um, and uh, uh, so it's it's really difficult. But those two, I think, will make a difference in part of this conversation. And um, and obviously, we um, there is lots more in my book. Whoever wants to. No more of it, especially Dreaming Quotes are lots of them in there. Yes, it is absolutely
1: full of them. I almost wanted to rip all the pages out and just stick them up. You need to make a, a post-it note kind of yeah. book of just quotes from the book.
0: Um, so. yes, yes, yes. We'll, we'll do a little vision, we actually do little vision board um, packs where you can actually buy quotes and just put them up and also our Paper paper Lovers books are full of quotes and uh, of course we do also quote, pure quote books that you can just tear out if you wanted to. But I think the most important thing um, uh, with Quotes is to actually see them daily. So um, put them on a vision board or your wall um, and see them. And also now we're as part of uh, my book, we're also releasing a vision board book. And it's basically just a plain uh, A4 book with a little bit of thicker paper. So you can actually tear up um quotes uh, or write down things or draw or whatever you want to do, put pictures Uh, for your dreams so you can see them every day and um, and the reason why I did a book because um, the vision board not everyone wants to have a vision board on the in their room especially if they're sharing a room or sharing an apartment or or also don't want to share their their dreams but a vision board book is really good because you can have it with your travel when you travel so it's another little chip if you are really into quotes and motivation
1: amazing I'll have to get my hands on one
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yes
1: <laughs> thank you say. so much for joining us today i'm so grateful for your time especially joining all the way from sweden and i will see you at the
0: dreaming Masterclass in melbourne thank you so much and thanks for having me and thanks for starting this i think it's amazing uh what you do in um in life and uh, and you're a true inspiration for so many people who are wanting to live a healthier life and and go their own way so you are such an inspiration so Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and um, I can't wait to have you on mine.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That is seriously seizing my yay today.
0: (laughs) Well, I can't believe she called me
1: inspiring, especially after following Kiki K for so many years. If you haven't been into one of their beautiful stores, there are plenty around the world now, so make sure that you do head in to visit. And you can now pick up her new book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, and the accompanying journal, which I would highly recommend for anyone who's starting to – create their dream life for themselves. There's just so many pearls of wisdom in there to soak up. And there's also the Dream Life Masterclass Series, which is coming this month in Sydney on the 25th of October and in Melbourne on the 29th of October, with dates for London and the USA to be announced soon. So I'll also include the links so you can buy your tickets. And stay tuned for her amazing podcast, which is also now live, um, and there'll be links to that as well. So I hope you enjoyed today and hope you're seizing your yay.